you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well. And in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he alone is worthy of our worship. He alone is worthy of us getting together and looking at this broadcast. Uh, so much going on in the life of Christ as we continue to study him. We find ourselves literally on Golgotha, a place of skulls. I'm blown away by that, first of all, that they're crucifying our Lord and Savior on a place where they killed all these other people, and that the Lord's blood is literally coming out of his body and, and hitting these old skulls and stuff. Just unbelievable. And uh, looking at these things and thinking of these things, here he is on Golgotha, Calvary, and, uh, and he's dying for us. He's doing that. So today we're going to be looking at some scripture, but before we do that, let's say good morning to Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How are you? Man, I'm living the dream. I, I believe uh, uh, just being able to study God's word is a pretty special thing. And uh, folks, yes. as we continue to move forward, we came up with this concept today. You know, we always put words out here, talk about those of us with trauma, those of us without trauma, those of us, those of us alive. I, I decided the other day, if you're a baby more than a day old, you've had some kind of trauma in your life, whether it be, you know, you're not being fed, whatever the case may be. Um, but we don't, you know, we don't underestimate what some of you folks have been through and what we've been through ourselves, but we never uh, forget what God can do for us and how he does that for us. He can take uh, the craziest of things in our life and just straighten them out. And I, I love that we serve a God like that. So today we're talking about the resistance to truth. And see, our God is, is, is the opposite of that. We, we want to do the opposite. Over in James 4, 7, it says, submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil, not the truth. The problem is so many of us get that wrong. And, uh, but the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So the Bible's clear that if we resist God, we get the devil. But if we resist the devil with God's help, the devil will flee from us. He, he doesn't want to go to a party where he's not winning, where he's mm -hmm. not hanging out, where there's nothing that's going on. And whatsoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of the house or city, shake the dust off your feet. Now, I let that one stay pulled up on my computer for a couple reasons. As we deny ourselves, as we step out, as we get through the political manipulation, the cost to follow Christ, identifying with Christ, sometimes, Kevin, Sometimes along the way when we were, uh, you know, those of us who had a resistance to truth now resist the devil. We're denying ourselves. Sometimes it's a hard thing, brother, but we got to leave places where we really love people. We got to leave places that we really thought we would spend the rest of our life. And God's reminding us when you leave those places, just shake the dust off your feet and move out. Yeah. Wow. You know, in those times, I think that we have to, we have to consider that that the path of least resistance is is the path is not, is a path of of the flesh is a path, it's the wrong path and and sometimes resisting the devil i mean let's face it it takes things that resist create heat you know if you're in electronics or or you're in electrical things it, resistance to electrical flow you know the flow of electrons through a wire 
if you want to resist that, be it through a th- uh, passing it through a really thin wire, such as a light bulb filament in an incandescent light bulb, or to create heat, you 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 kind of wind the wire up into like a spring type of thing, or you wind it in a, a little electronic dealy. Um, anyway, uh, semiconductors, whatever. There, it's it's all about resistance and resistance. Um, to flow means electricity is, is, is seeking the path of least resistance. It's trying to equalize itself between the positive and the negative. So there's your little electrical, you know, probably very confusing. But the, the whole thing is Satan needs to be resisted. The flesh needs to be resisted. The Bible says, give not place to the devil. The Bible says, um, uh, and give not, um, <laughs> talks about the flesh too. Anyway, talks about uh, the idea of resisting the flesh. You have not yet resisted unto blood and striving against sin. So resisting sin. We have, um, we have a, an option to choose to serve God or not. And once you say, I will serve God, then there will be resistance sometimes. But here's the thing, Satan, don't miss this. This this helped me. Satan is Satan will go away when you submit to God and God becomes your resistance to Satan. And it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's in first Peter. And resist the devil. <laughs> Remember Jesus Christ embodied that when in the uh, wilderness of temptation, he resisted the devil. He, he submitted himself to God. He quoted the scripture. He basically said, it's, it's, it is written that um, you shall serve the Lord God. Him only shall the serve, that kind of thing. And it says, and then Satan leaveth him, and the angels came and ministered unto him. So when we have an, a problem and we are trying to do what's right, now, number one, if you're, let me, let me just throw it out this way. If you're going, this, this I'm throwing this out as a little lesson that God taught me. And when I'm in trauma, if it's God resisting me, submit to God, all right? The Bible says, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Do not form a resistance, you know, do not form a heating coil for God to have to heat up to get through. Surrender to God, path of least resistance to God. But in trauma also, once we, you know, it says, um, make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is laid be turned out of the way, but rather let it be healed. That healing is talking about from chastening. So surrender to God, get the chastening trauma behind you. And then on the other hand, do resist Satan because realize there's in surrendering to God, there will be some heating up from time to time where God, where Satan attacks you gives you a hard time because he feels like he can get through this and then the path of least resistance will ultimately be be you when you resist no more. But when you say submitted to God, Satan eventually is going to go to an easier target. He's like, there's too much resistance here. And again, Satan leaveth him. So you be the one, Doug. I'm just saying I'm going to be the one that when I'm in trauma, Number one, I drop my resistance to Jesus Christ. Number two, I keep up my resistance to God, to, to Satan, because God is a resistor. And eventually, Satan will go look for an easier target. You know, last month I was studying the book of Matthew, and I came across that verse. And fear them not which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and the body in hell. 
And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is there are people out there, you know, Kev, Kevin's hitting this so day after day, and we're talking about this so significant to us. There are those out there that want to theoretically kill our bodies. They want to kill our ministries. They want to kill yeah. our lives. They want to ruin our image. They want to mess with our um, testimony. I mean, you name it, it's there. And, and God made this statement in Matthew chapter 10 when I was reading it the other day, 1028. He's saying, you know, don't be afraid of these people who can kill your body. And and I'm thinking of God making this statement at the same time we're talking about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Uh, he said, I'm not afraid of these people who can kill my body. And then to us, he leaves that other message in there. Worry about the, you know, worry about me, you know, worry about, uh, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So somewhere along the way, we, you know, we can't resist the truth. The truth is Christ died for our sins. The truth is we need to deny ourselves. The truth is there are people out there that are going to be hard on us. And the truth is there's going to be people out there that are going to mock you. And sooner or later, you try to do the biblical thing, the Matthew 18 thing, which is real. And it just doesn't work. And sometimes, Kevin, we, we just, we just got to resist the devil. Yeah. Top of the food chain. <laughs> yeah. There's the people that are just not going to be happy. And I was talking, I remember years ago, I was in Hope Mills, North Carolina, below Fort Bragg. And there, there was a chaplain's assistant. And I was working with his chaplain's assistant to help me get started. This is very formative uh, months of the ministry in Fort Bragg at the 82nd Airborne and some other places. Now there's a wounded spirits ministry there, as you know, with Brother Keese. Thank God for him. But as as I was there trying to kind of make connections, I was in this church and this chaplain's assistant was helpful. And then after a while, he became evasive and it was just hard to get him to answer any phone calls. And um, and, and I was using him because he just was the first guy I met. And he was obviously assistant chaplain, is, does not ha- hold any authority or power. But it was a connection. And I remember I went to his pastor and I said, hey, what's up with this, you know, uh, corporal so-and-so or or sergeant so-and-so? And he said, you know... I feel like he was the guy that in, when he first became a chaplain's assistant, he leaned against the flow of the ecumenical wishy-washy, say what your superiors want you to say. And, uh, and he stopped leaning against it. You know what we're going to do? We're going to come back to this story in just a second, folks. We'll be right back with you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. We're going to go ahead and let Kevin wrap up his story there, brother. Yeah, so the chaplain's assistant, according to his pastor, says, you know what what he's doing? In the beginning, he was leaning against the flow, against the tide of of, um, just the good old boy club um, in the ministerium on base. And uh, he said now he's just going with the flow. And so he's no longer wanting to make any waves. He's no longer wanting to stand out. He lost his standards of excellence. And um, sadly enough, when he stopped resisting the 
bad parts and just wanted to get along. He became totally ineffective, according to what his pastor was saying. I know with me, with what we're trying to do, we uh, he became unhelpful. Yeah. As we continue on with the life of Christ, and, and, and folks, I'll tell you, you know, resist the devil, not the truth. And uh, we're talking about resistance to the truth. And, and, and folks, just remember, uh, our goal is just to follow God. And we find ourselves in uh, continuing on in the book of John, looking at verse-by-verse study on the life of Christ and working our way through the Bible. And we find ourselves verse number 19 through 22 today. And the Bible says, And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, and and uh, and this title then read many of the Jews for the place was Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city and it was written in Hebrew in Greek and Latin. I want to make sure the whole cover, the Hebrew crowd, the Jewish crowd, uh, the Samaritan, you know, everybody could read that. And and then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, write not the King of Jews. But that he said, I am the king of Jews. Pilate answered and said, what I have written, I have written. You know, there's a secondary testimony that's been going on through a lot of this scripture. And that's the testimony of Pilate. I mean, he's letting this crucifixion go on, but he's continually over and over again saying, hey, I'm right. I wrote what I wrote. He's your king. He's introducing him as the king. I, I, I don't know Pilate's motives. Uh, I hope Pilate's somebody who accepted Christ after that crucifixion. I hope he's somebody that's in heaven when we get there. Uh, But that, you know, that unattended, that secondary testimony is real. And that's a testimony. We should have a secondary testimony that people who aren't directly in our lives can see that we stand for the King of Christ, the King Christ, for the, for the King of all eternity, for our King, for our Lord and Savior. And, uh, you know, the chief's priest, again, they're resistant to the truth, folks. They're the reason we named this resistance to truth is they're objecting to this again they refuse to do anything but follow the king to follow the politics to follow the right thing to do uh, to make points with their king uh, to seem cool to look different and uh, I, I enjoyed, uh, you know, that pilots just there saying, no, man, I, I, I've written what I've written. And uh, it, it's reminded us there's a permanence that comes along with truth. There's a permanence that comes along with Christ. One of the great things about standing up for the truth and speaking the truth and doing the truth and, and being found straight dead center in the middle of the truth, not being found anywhere else, but dead center in the middle of the truth. One of the things about doing that is it's permanent. People don't forget that. People remember that, hey, this is a truthful guy or gal. This is someone I can trust. This is someone who can make a difference. And and, and I just think, Kevin, you know, as we look at this and, and we talk uh, about what God's done uh, about his life, you know, we, we look at the groups here, and you often talk about the groups. And again, you go back to those chief priests. You, you go back to these people, and they're standing out there saying, he's not the king. Don't write that. Change it to say he said he's the king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and folks, we've got a responsibility in everything in our life to write down. He is the king. He's our king. Mm. I couldn't help noticing it, just what you're saying there. The, the chief priests are like, change it, change it. We, you know, this is making us look bad. And that, the first thing I thought about when we read, when you read that a few minutes ago is, wow, look at that. That's a typical, again, this is, this is a narcissistic textbook here because these, this is the rise of the bad players. 
And uh, these are the people that will lie and cheat and steal and drag your name through the mud. And part of the dragging the name through the mud was to go to the guy at the top of the food chain who was pilot and say, no, 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 no. We, we you know, we got you to crucify him. But we want you to change this. And, uh, you know, they just, it was like, they didn't, the narcissist, did, it didn't play well, even at the end of Christ for the narcissist. He could not be crucified enough for them. And uh, don't expect if you roll over and and just take hit, 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 knife, knife, you know, take all the knives that they're going to finally say, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you really were good. They're not going to do that. They're going to, at best, they will leave you for dead and then go kill someone else. But, uh, you know, and, you know, unfortunately, they, they went after the apostles after this. But Jesus Christ was a, just a, 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 a shining example of he that made himself of no reputation. When Pilate, it said, they, um, Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, King of Kings. I couldn't help thinking, Doug, Pilate put it on the cross, you know, wrote a title and put it on the cross. For some reason, that struck me as, <laughs> what happens when my name is just put on the cross? What happens when my name is drugged through the dirt? Because this, remember, the cross was the most, not only the brutalness of the punishment, but the shame. This was like, these people were, were held up as scum, and they were naked, and it was horrible. And and so, when your name is drugged through the mud, it's a terrible, terrible thing. It's a bad day in your life when someone says, did you see what's all over Facebook about you? No. What? <laughs> they caught you everything but saved. And it's just a it's a bad thing, but guess what? It can happen, and it can be the will of God because Jesus Christ could not be shamed enough for these people. As bad as it was, they're like, no, 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 no. Take this little vestige of honor from him. And, Doug, there are some times where God is going to call upon us, and if you're listening, sometimes God is going to call upon you to be made of no reputation, misunderstood and maligned and expected to just go ahead and let it happen to the glory of God. Yeah, folks, I, I hate to say that, but, you know, all of us go through this. I I wish this was one of those worlds where, you know, it was good and everybody was good and everybody was truthful and everybody was honest. Uh, but the reality is this is, a, you know, God... God tells us this isn't what the this world is not of God right now. It's gonna be. Yeah. There's gonna be a new earth. He's Amen. coming. There's gonna be a second advent, brother. Yeah, <laughs> he's coming. A new earth uh, wherein dwelleth righteousness. There it is. And I'm gonna be able to ride a horse and enjoy it. I I, can, <laughs> I just never enjoyed riding a horse. I didn't jump at the right time. Me too. When I was a kid, I'd spend hours riding a horse. Everybody said, "Wasn't that great?" I'm like, "No, it was terrible." <laughs> Somebody get me a Yamaha 250. I Amen. Mean, I, I mean, this is not fun. <laughs> But man, there's going to be a time, folks, you know, here again, we got the public declaration of Jesus' kingship through Pontius Pilate. You know, I'm blown away by that, but where's our declaration? Is it in your life? Is it in your actions? Are you, you know, are you loading the family up and hitting church and stopping McDonald's on the way home and getting the two Big Mac for one special right now on Sundays? I don't know. Mm. Where's your declaration? You know, in our life, let's have a declaration for God today. In our life, let's let people know that we declare him the king. He's not only the king of Jews. He's the king of me. He's the king of all creation. He's the king of every single one of us. And, uh, folks, we get to serve that great God. And there's a permanence. I, I want to wrap with that, you know, the, the permanency of truth. 
God is truth. The rest of us are liars. Even in our most truthful state in our best day, we're just not quite there, folks. But we serve a God who is. And, you know, through the discipleship process, uh, through learning the sanctification process, so we're, we're putting in as much information as we can, and the goal is to, every day to be a little more Christ-like. Every day to look a little bit more like Christ would have us look. Can we work our way up to Christ? No. There's entire religions out there who get that wrong. We just can't yep. do it. There's Christ, and, and there's a gulf, man. We're a million miles away. Mm-hmm. We just can't get there. But we can sure try. We can try to be more Christ-like. We sure can make a difference in people's lives when we do that. But the reason we do it is we do it is because God says, deny yourself. Yeah. Deny yourself and follow me. It's time to follow Christ. We love you, folks. And uh, it's time to let the truth in and to resist the devil. We hope you have a great day. Looking forward to talking about the cost of redemption tomorrow. Come on out and join us. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.